Welcome back to the Real Deal Brides podcast. I'm your host, Alessandra Macaluso, author of The Real Deal Bridal Bible. Today, I'm talking with two women who are local to the Charlotte area, and I actually found them on Instagram. They have an awesome concept, and I think you guys are going to love it because it's all about thrifting, and it's all about being savvy with wedding planning. So let's welcome Casey and Sarah Kay from CLT Wedding Flea. How are you girls doing? Doing well. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming on the show. So um, I found you guys on Instagram, which um, for listeners, whether you're local or not, you should definitely follow them because they have really good wedding inspiration. And their Instagram handle is CLT underscore wedding underscore flea. And if you look at their description, it says a wedding flea market in Charlotte for newlyweds to sell their wedding decor to engaged couples. Um, And they actually have their first sale coming up on June 3rd for those listening who are local to the Charlotte area. But I really love this concept. Like when I found you guys, I was instantly drawn to it because I was like, what a unique thing that you don't really see everywhere. Like I I have so much stuff that I bought for my own wedding. And once the wedding was over, I was like, okay, first of all, what do I do with all this stuff? And second (laughs) of all, why the hell did I buy it retail? You know? So how did you you guys get started? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I mean, Sarah Kay and I are both like beyond just the wedding fleet, I think we're both actually like pretty thrifty people. We're into, we're into getting a deal. We're into sort of the hunt. And, um, we actually both plan our, te- our, our weddings on teacher salary. And, and we were talking one day, you know, a couple years after our own weddings about how exactly like you said, you were just stuck with so much stuff. Uh, so many votive candles collecting <laughs> dust in my closet. And like, you know, my cousins got to use them, which was great, but didn't really do me <laughs> any favors. Right. Um, and so we just were talking about, you know, we were both members of some of those buy, sell, trade Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're noticing that like people were putting their, their wedding stuff on there, but, and they were beautiful objects, um, but they weren't always selling really quickly. And we were sort of problem solving around that and realized like, I think people need to see these things and they need to touch them. It's for a really important day of their lives. And so um, it just kind of led us down this path of like what it looked like to connect brides directly with one another, um, newly engaged and newly married and really see these objects that, you know, made such an important part of, of our days um, kind of give them new life and, and keep going. So it just kind of took off from there. So that's interesting because you're right. You see these things on, on these, um, you know, Facebook groups and thrift groups or whatever, but they don't cater specifically to brides. So the wedding stuff kind of gets thrown in the mix with like your neighbor's armchair or like, you know, whatever other random things. So it's, it's, it was a really smart idea to pull it together for just brides. Yeah. And we thought having it be kind of a one-stop shop would also make it more convenient. You know, even if you were to sell something on Craigslist, there's still a lot of negotiation. There's a lot of emailing back and forth, coordinating drop-off points and pickup points. And, you know, maybe somebody only wants seven votive candles. And so you have the remaining 54. Like, (laughs) what do you do with those? So we thought just even the convenience factor of having it all in the same day with that targeted audience, like you said, um, would hopefully save, ultimately save these brides a lot of time as well. Yeah. And, you know, with weddings too, I find like, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. So looking back, I wish I knew all this stuff and I wish I had talked to you girls and I wish I had thought to do all this. But looking back, I realized, you know, obviously marketing for weddings is just crazy, right? Like they everything gets mm-hmm. marked up like mm-hmm. to who knows to what degree. And at the same time, like, you know, it's, it's an emotional time. So you're thinking like, Oh, I have to buy everything new or, you know, Mm -hmm. this is going to be sentiment. No, 
Certain things, yes, I think are sentimental and are like keepsakes that you're going to want for years to come. But like you said, 54 votive candles, really? Like you don't need <laughs> you don't need to buy those brand new and you certainly don't need them after your wedding has passed. Yeah, and they only get used for a couple hours. So, yes. you know, at the end of your wedding, everything's in most likely like still mint condition and could potentially get three or four more uses out of it right. um, if you think about it. Right. Oh, and we were even just thinking like, I mean, another another part of it that we're kind of excited about is is just sort of the green factor as well, because it is it's like you buy all of these things for a couple hours and, you know, who knows where they end up. But I think, gosh, you know, as a bride who who took I mean, I did all of my all of my wedding planning and um, did all the decorations myself. And so, you know, the idea of them just like sitting on a thrift store shelf as much as I love thrift stores, like kind of made me sad because I like took so long to curate this, this aesthetic. And so I think what's kind of cool about this is like, yeah, it's environmentally friendly and like, you know, you get to see your own wedding items, like going to another bride and sort of having, again, that new life, um, and I think that may hopefully will make it a little bit easier to sort of let go. You know, it was for, for me with Craigslist when I knew someone was going to use it for a wedding. It felt a lot better than being like, I don't know what they're going to do with this thing. So Right. It's true. And then especially from one bride to another, you know, you want to see it, like you said, get a new life and get, you know, just get used in another happy event like that. And I, I think Casey and I both, I mean, you mentioned this too, like we were both planning on teacher salaries and at the time, like, Gosh, I think a first-year teacher in North Carolina, and it's not even much more than this now, but it was like right around $35,000. Mm. I read last year um, the average cost of weddings in the in the country um, from this is a statistic I think from the knot.com in 2016 was $35,000. Oh. So we could literally have been, and that's just the average, you know, been taking potentially our entire salary pre-taxes and putting it towards this one day event. And, and, you know, we know we're not alone in planning those weddings on a tight budget. So that's the other thing too. Like we really don't want the wedding industry to have the last word here and want to empower brides to be able to have the day of their dreams, but without, you know, going into debt really. It's so smart and it really will make you throw up when you look at the amount of money that that, uh, yeah. that it costs. But you go, you girls are so right because it's it's true. Like they, they make you – I feel like it's the same with when you have kids too because they make you think that you need all this excess stuff <laughs> and then they're capitalizing on your emotions at the same time. So when you're planning yeah. a wedding – and you're, you usually have to make decisions pretty quickly and maybe there's pressure. I don't know. I, I know I thought the same thing. Like I have a whole chapter in my book just talking about the registry. Like what mm-hmm. stuff do you really need? You know, like do you mm-hmm. really need, you know, 9,000 wine glasses for this and, you know, 9 billion freaking towel? Like no, all this stuff is just going to clutter your world and make you crazy and waste your money really. And like you girl said, like waste resources. And it's just, it's, it's sad when you think about it. Yeah, totally. And I mean, after your wedding, like, I mean, it's just, you know, I think for both of us, it was just such a wonderful day. And then to come back and be like, ready to start, you know, the wedding is wonderful and that's one thing, but we're ready to, you know, get started on our marriages. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, managing like driving all over Charlotte with a trunk full of vases is not exactly like what I was hoping to do. And, <laughs> and you know, of course, I was fortunate I was able to sell those off and, and you know, put that towards our life together. But 
Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a really good opportunity for folks just to make it easier on both ends, like less money for, uh, for brides who are shopping, recouping some money to, to kind of get your life started on the back end. And so we just feel like, you know, everybody wins. And I, I don't think that that always happens in the wedding, um, industry, unfortunately. I think that it kind of almost even, um, can cheapen the experience in a way because you, you're like overspending or overdoing it or, or having these things that are wasteful in the long run, it kind of takes away from the, the meaningfulness of it. Whereas if you can figure out a way to be, I'm not saying like a hundred percent minimalist, obviously you want to celebrate. It's a huge life event, but to really just curate the things that really matter to you and not break the bank and still, like you said, have money after the wedding where you're not like scrambling because you know, it's one event that, it's awesome, but it's also over in a day and then you have the rest of your life. So think about mm-hmm. like, think about your goals after the wedding. Like, do you guys want to buy a house? Did you want to take a big trip? Do you want to start a family right away? Like, you know, those are the things that are really going to kick off your marriage rather than spending all your money and everything you have on, on the actual event. But I wanted to know from you guys, cause you guys are, are definitely the pros in this field. And I know you guys just said that you both planned your weddings on, on teacher salary, what are some of the top tips for people listening that you could give them? Like uh, what are things that work best for you guys? And what would you recommend people do to have a thrifty wedding? I mean, I could kick us off with one thing that really saved my husband and I quite a lot. Like we, you know, one of the biggest expenses period um, was the venue. And, and yeah. you know, we started looking around and we're like, dang, you know, I mean, at some point we had to kind of get past that, you know, that sticker shock. I mean, I think when people say you can have a wedding and like, and, and spend less than this amount of money. Like that was hard for us. Cause we were having like a 200 person wedding. So hearing that we're like, yeah, no, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but one thing that we did do is we looked in the off season. Um, you know, it was for us, we looked in March. Um, it wasn't necessarily ideal. My husband's a teacher as well. And so March isn't always the best time. It's kind of a busy time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we did the wedding in March cause a lot of venues, um, and actually a lot of vendors will give you a discount because March is just a slow month for weddings as is February. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to be honest, looking back on it, we were like, it ended up being one of the best decisions ever because we were just like alone. No, it wasn't, it wasn't in the high wedding season where, you, where people are going to a wedding a weekend, it feels like. Right. Um, right. So that is one thing I would, I would throw out there is, is, um, you know, look beyond just sort of the typical fall um, and summer and be open to some some unusual times, because I think you would be surprised at how much money that can save you on a venue. It's a good point. You save a lot of money. And at the same time, you can, um, you know, I mean, where did you I don't know where you went on your honeymoon, but a lot of times it's a warm weather, you know, uh, area. Mexico. And we enjoyed the heck out of that. That's for sure. We loved the cold weather. Yeah, it was wonderful. You had great weather, right? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So I think I think that matters more than anything. I mean, unless you're going to have like a, you know, I, I always go back and forth with an outdoor wedding because you can't plan the weather, you know, and I, I've seen it happen a million yeah. times, especially living in New York, um, because that's originally where I'm from. And, you know, people want to have their wedding on a Saturday night during prime wedding season and they book an outdoor venue. And then what happens? It freaking pours. And all of a sudden, everything has to get moved inside. And, you know, it's just you're really rolling the dice. I mean, I think it's nice when it all works out. But like you said, if you can save a little money, do it during the off season and then put your money into the honeymoon when you can pretty much guarantee that, you know, you're going to get good weather. You're going to be gone for, you know, maybe seven days or maybe even more versus like a one day, four hour event. So true. So true. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I got married 
in the pre-Pinterest days, um, <laughs> which I think took, it was actually maybe a good thing. It took some of the pressure off a little bit Yeah, um, too. in some ways, um, pre-Instagram days as well. So summer of 2010, I guess Pinterest had just launched like a couple of months before my wedding. Um, but for me, I just was not shy about asking friends and family for help. Um, my sister it was an art major undergrad and she just has a really great eye for all things artistic um, uh, layouts and things like that. So she helped me kind of plan out my invitations and we actually had some like little hand painted detail on them. I just threw kind of a big pizza party, invited a bunch of girlfriends over. We watched the hangover Mm -hmm. um, and just, we all kind of did the invitations there together. And um, so I didn't do anything professional for that. My mom's an excellent seamstress. So I had a moment I was really struggling to find a dress that I liked, like really struggling. I'm not, I don't think of myself as a super picky person, but I just, everything I was coming across within my budget was just not working for me. So I finally went to this really nice boutique actually in Uptown Charlotte and all the the dresses were probably like literally the entire, like my entire wedding budget. (laughs) But I was trying some on just for inspiration. And I found one that I loved. And I remember we were in the fitting room and my mom was like, it was very simple design, but I just loved it. Very elegant. My mom was like, Sarah Kay, I I think I could probably make this. (laughs) I was like, okay, don't like mom, don't mess with me. Like, are you, are you sure? Are you serious right now? Like, she's like, I think I can, like, let's just, let's take a few quick photos. Like, I think I can do it. And Ooh, so she mom ended up making my dress. Smart woman. <laughs> yeah. So what I think it was a $5,500 dress, um, wow. made it for about $200, like <gasps> just $200 worth of fabric. And obviously many, many hours. Um, but you know, that made it all the more special. I was just going to say, dress, yeah, like hand stitched with love, with care. Um, in, yeah, fit, fit like a dream, of course. So, um, so, so special to have that. Um, my mother-in-law also, she's a, she's happens to be a professional gardener. So she did all the flowers, um, for the wedding. So, I mean, I, I'm just blessed, I guess, with some talented family members, but, um, I think also just not being shy and kind of asking for help. Um, that's, that's just a big point of, um, advice I would have for any brides kind of doing the do it yourself route, the low budget route. I love that. And, you know, it's so important. Tap your network. Like you said, you, mm-hmm. you, you don't think of these things, but if you just put the feelers out there, you just, even if you just ask like your closest circle, you know, Hey, even if they don't do it themselves, maybe they know somebody who can, mm-hmm. you know, do your invitations or do this or do that. And then, like you said, I mean, I mean, that's the ultimate, what your mom did. There's nothing more special to me than that. She made your freaking wedding dress. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I also think that it makes everything else that much more special too. Mm-hmm. When when you could find, you know, oh, so and so did the favor. They're they're the favors. You know, they're a friend of one of my bridesmaids or whatever the case may be. Like it's just it feels better when you pull things closer from your inner circle. Yeah, and there's like I mean I think there's something to be said too for for having like that community. And to me, mm-hmm. like just throughout the wedding process, you know, I I did delegate like my my friend's husband was kind of, was our DJ. He's not a professional DJ, but he, he manned the playlist and the dance floor and did a great job with that. But, you know, it just like starting that marriage surrounded by 
there's physical acts of community and that like there's tangible acts of support meant so much to my husband and I. Um, and I think, you know, just even symbolically speaking, like that's how we really did want to start our life together. Um, and we were, yeah, we were blessed to have those friends who were, who were willing to step in where there was a need. Yeah, I think I totally agree with what Sarah Case says. I think it's easy to think, well, you know, this person's not a professional florist or this person's not a professional DJ. But really, when you look at the people, I, I would I would wager to say most people, um, you look at, at your network and there are just some really talented, amazing people who are there. And so yeah. Um, yeah. in a similar position, like my sister, same thing, designed our, our stationery, um, a friend of ours. Um, is really good friends with this band that we went and saw all the time. And he was like, that's what I want my gift to be for you guys is like getting, you know, uh, this band to come to your wedding. And I think back on, you know, and we got such generous gifts. Don't get me wrong from, from people who came to our wedding and, and are so thankful for those. But some of the most meaningful ones, you know, to Sarah Kay's point are just like remembering those things that people did for us. And people want to help with weddings. They're fun. They're exciting. It's the union of two people. And so, um, I think you can be hesitant sometimes to ask, but like, I, I'd say, don't be shy. People want to show off, um, <laughs> what they're good at. And so, and, and also don't think that someone just has to be a professional to do it because I think oftentimes folks are, are, are very talented in their own right. Um, and just sort of need a, a space to shine and do it. Yeah. And it makes, yeah. it makes it that much more important when it's for you and when they know you, because then they're really most in most cases, you know, they're really then going to take the time to make it special and make it reflect you and really do a good job. Whereas, you know, I don't knock vendors. I, I love wedding vendors and there's plenty of them that are excellent at what they do. But um, too many of them, if you don't know them, a lot of times, you know, I mean, it is a business. So that's good in a lot of ways. But sometimes it could also feel bad in some ways because you kind of feel like you're just another bride or you're just another groom or you're just another couple and you don't really, you lose that element of relationship somewhere in there. Um, and I think you made a good point about, I just wanted to say something about the, the gift. Um, because another friend of mine that's getting married recently just told me this, that one of their family members is actually gifting them the food for the wedding. Wow. And I remember thinking like, Oh my God, that is incredible. Like, I mean, I come from a very Italian family. Like, we do big weddings. You know, we, I, we had, like, close to 300 people at our wedding. And some weddings in my family is way more than that. But, like, the traditionally, that just, just the way that we wind up doing things is that people give you money for as a gift. Right. Which is awesome because you're obviously dishing out a lot of money to plan your wedding. So it's nice to get a little bit back as a gift. But when she told me that someone actually gifted her the food and then another person gifted them the band, um, I just thought to myself, like, what an awesome way to, to celebrate someone's wedding and gift them like such an important part of their day, you know? Yeah, totally. Like, I think, you know, in our case, that was, yeah, we would have never asked for that. But like when people sort of offered it and I'm like, if that's the way you want to support, however you want to support our marriage, like, thank you. You know, we're so grateful, however it is that you, that you want to support it. And if that's a band, that's awesome. If it's the food, that's also awesome. And if it's an envelope, that's also great, you know, and right. if it's nothing and you just show up, um, to support our wedding too, that's also great. So I think, you know, people are looking for ways, to, you know, people are excited about weddings and, and seeing fa new families come together. And so, yeah, yeah. Sort of being open to, to letting people kind of show you that support in, in, in whatever their language is, um, I think is, is a good thing. So yeah, and I, but I do want to put this big fat disclaimer on it. 
<laughs> because I, and I've said this before on past shows, I think, and I know I've said it in the book. You have to be careful though, because sometimes as crappy as it sounds, sometimes there are people that offer or may offer to do something for you. And it sounds really great, but you may start to realize that they're doing it to control that element. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful. It's got to be, you have to just use your gut and, you know, really be careful. Talk to your spouse to be or whatever to make sure that this is what you really want. Because sometimes not, I hate to say it, it sounds shitty, but not everybody has the best of intentions. So like I know I've heard, I know I've talked to brides and grooms who've had these situations where someone says, oh, let me take care of the flowers for you. And, um... Mm -hmm then they basically ignore everything that the bride or groom wants and they just take it and run with it and do it their way. And they have like zero, you know, care about what the happy couple wants. So just be careful make sure that they're really coming from a place of love, which most people are, but you just got to watch. No, that's so true. I think especially, you know, anytime you have a lot of family members too, like that, you know, it can get tricky. It can get, um, yeah, a little, a little sticky and you don't know. Yeah. I think that's so wise. You don't know all the motivations on the front end and, you know, boundaries are important, especially as you're getting ready to start a whole new chapter of your life. Um, you know, yeah, I think that's really, really wise advice as well. That like leads me to, uh, one of the things that I think I learned the hard way, um, in, in wedding planning and kind of being respectful of, of my own budget is like, exactly what y'all are saying is trust your gut. Like I had, I, I just thought I had to get like Kate Spade shoes. I had to get like expensive shoes. I'm not a shoe person. Like mm. I have huge feet. I have like a 10 and a half size feet. <laughs> Every shoe that I wear looks like a barge, like a huge ship. <laughs> on of my feet. I like, just do not like shoes. So anyway, I just think I got caught up in this like wedding industry and, and you know, people around me being like, Oh my gosh, it's such a small thing. But like, are you going to get designer shoes? And everyone I went to, like I went to, everyone's wearing designer shoes. And yeah. so I was like looking at Kate Spade shoes and they're beautiful. But at one point I was like, why am I doing this? Like I, I'm not a shoe person. There are plenty of other things yeah. I would want to spend my money on. I, I don't want to wear, you know, a junky pair of shoes, but like, that's not my thing, you know? And so listening right. to your own gut and you know yourself and your husband, soon to be husband better than anybody else does. And so there was this moment where I was like, I, I don't, buy nice shoes for anything. That's just not my thing. So like I got a great pair at um, nine West. They were really reasonable and they were beautiful. And like, I haven't worn them again. And I'm, I'm glad I did those as opposed to having a $400 pair of shoes in my closet that I never wore again. Yeah. For some people though, like that's their thing. And if that's your thing, go for it and splurge on, you know, and save, excuse me, on your jewelry or something that you don't care as much about. But I think, I do think that trusting your gut, knowing yourself, um, and sort of tuning out noise, like you, of course you want to take into account what other folks say. It's important, you know, you're, you're merging families and like at the end of the day, it's about, it's about you and your husband starting or your partner starting, um, starting a marriage. And so, um, yeah, listening to yourself, I think is, is, is an important part. Yeah. One of you girls said it or just a few minutes earlier. I don't remember if it was Sarah Kay or Casey, but one of you girls had mentioned, um, had made the comment how it's like setting the stage. And I so agree with that a hundred percent, like the interactions that you're having while you're planning this event, how you're interacting with your, your friends, your in-laws, everybody else who's a part of your event really is setting the stage for how you're, how you're going to operate in your marriage going forward. You know, it's such a, I mean, it's, it's kind of sucky because it's at such an intense time, but it really is such a, um, a challenge or, or such a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just such a way to really 
not test yourself, but like just really see how your relationships are going to play out. It's a good exercise, you know, where, mm-hmm. where you may be under a lot of pressure and you really may not like what this person's saying, or, or maybe it's your mother-in-law or maybe it's a sister-in-law or whoever it may be that wants you to do things one way. You don't want to do them that way. You know, you feel you're in the right, they feel they're in the right. But if you can figure out a way to work through that, then that could really set the stage for the rest of your relationship going forward and ultimately your sanity. Because if you can't, you know, figure out ways to make peace on some level with these relationships, it could really affect your, your marriage. Oh yeah. I agree hundred percent. And and that goes, I mean, with the debt portion as well. Um, yes. I forget one of your guests who was on recently, was it Chrissy? Maybe she, I remember she was talking about, um, paying up front. And I, I thought that yes. was so smart. And she just paid like, for everything. She's yeah, incredible. Amazing. Amazing. Um, but just so, so smart. And I think, you know, if you like, if you start your marriage with all the, this debt that's from that wedding and from the honeymoon and from, you know, those big events, which, you know, with a $35,000 average, like it might be hard not to, but, right. um, it kind of sets that tone. Like you said, like that is the starting point. And, you know, you might, ha- you might be playing catch up in those first few years, which can be really, really pivotal years. Yeah. It's hard to see past the right. wedding because it's obviously the main event. It's such a huge thing. And it is, it's, it's awesome. Um, and you look forward to it and there's so much planning involved that it just, it feels like this giant mountain. But like you said, there's another side of that mountain. You know, you need to really think about what you want your life to look like after the fact. It's hard because you, you want to get swept up in the emotion of it because it is an emotional fun day. So you don't want to like suck all the fun out of it. But at the same time, you keep, I always feel like you, you need to keep changing from your like logical business hat to your, you know, emotional party person hat, because you want to get a healthy mix of both. Obviously you don't want to just look at it as a spreadsheet and, you know, just go through the motions and that's it. You know, you still want to have fun, but you want to do it in a way that's going to be conducive to your life after the event, which is why I love with you, what you girls are doing, because it, it makes so much sense. And it really is something that helps other brides. And, you know, it allows, it allows you to kind of get some things out of your house and off your back. And at the same time, like it, it'll help out another bride who's looking for something. I think one of the things we're also really excited about, and so we haven't had our first event yet, but Casey and I have already gotten a taste of this in the planning process. It's just the relationships that have um, developed. I mean, you being a prime example, like that as a result of this. So we've just been able to meet some really incredible, really interesting people, be it a bride to be, um, a newlywed who's ready to sell their stuff, somebody like you, who's kind of an expert in the field and has written a lot about this topic. Um, some local photographers, you know, so people of kind of all walks of life. And, and that's kind of our hope for the June 3rd event as well is that, um, just kind of the, the networking capital that, that can come from being alongside, like physically in the room with somebody who is kind of at that same season of life, like in that same stage going through the same thing. And so we're hoping that there is this kind of like organic support network that's built um, just on its own from just, again, putting these people all in the same room too. We are. We're so excited about that. I was, um, Sarah Kay and I are talking about how like the morning after, and I'm a planner. Like I think I've realized that about myself, like the wedding planning process was stressful, but I do sort of, get some joy out of the planning and, and the event, uh, part of it. Mm-hmm. But the next morning after my wedding, we woke up and we we're like, okay, like 
you know, now what? Like it, it was just like over. Um, and so in some ways, I think it's kind of a, a cool opportunity too to like, yeah, continue that, that small, exciting piece, you know, and, and marriage has been, a, you know, if I could, I could go back and tell myself that day after the wedding, how, how much fun marriage would be. I think maybe I wouldn't have been so sad about the wedding being over, mm-hmm. but I do think it'll be, you know, just like Sarah Kay said, I really hope that it's it's a place where people can build community with people who maybe they wouldn't have met otherwise. Yeah, I think it's important. And I think it's just so nice to to be able to help help, like you said, help the help with the community. And even if you don't live in. Char- so tell me more. So the event is on June 3rd. It's in Charlotte. Where is it at again? Give, give me the details so that if anybody listening is local, they can find you guys. Yeah, it's at the Project 658 Center, and that's 3646 Central Avenue, so kind of on the outskirts of the Plaza Midwood neighborhood. Um, And that's a really cool space, too. We were excited about this. Um, Project 658 works with the refugee population in Charlotte, um, but they have this amazing space. It was for um, Native Charlotteans. It was once Kate's Skating Rink. Um, I had a lot of friends who were like, oh, yeah, I went to middle school birthday parties there. Um, and then turned into, I think, an Asian seafood market and then was vacant for a while. But it's this gorgeous space. They just did an amazing job redoing it, remodeling it. Um, the lobby, you walk in, it kind of has this mid-century modern feel to it. Um, and there's this huge open room with these, like, twinkle lights strung from the ceiling. And that's where the actual um, market will be kind of set up. But we just we love Project 658's mission and vision. And and it's also a really cool layer as well because they do allow um, wedding rentals. So, you know, even if that's in their pretty affordable space, too. So even if some brides, you know, had were looking for a venue still like that could be um, an interesting option just for them to kind of see as well. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're excited to have it there. Nice. And, and if, if there's a bride um, listening who has already had her wedding and she wants to, you know, get in touch with you girls and, and maybe sell some things or, you know, offer things up to other brides, what would be the best way to do that? Yeah, there's a couple ways you can get in touch with us. Um, and we would love, I mean, we just, that has been the best part is talking to people. So please reach out. Um, whatever way is best for you, whether it's a direct message through Instagram, um, there's a form you can fill out on our website. Um, our website's www.cltweddingflea.com, all one word. Um, there's a form you can fill out there. Um, there's also our email address, which is cltweddingflea at gmail.com. Um, we have a Facebook group, which I think um, we can put a link to, hopefully. And But any of those methods, we will get back to you. We're, um, we're excited to chat. So really, whatever whatever works best. Okay, awesome. Um, and I don't want to keep you girls all night. I'm sure you are super busy, but before we get going, I I wanted to just ask you if there's anything else that you wanted to share, you know, from your own personal weddings, whether it be, you know, a challenge or something funny that happened or just something significant that you think that brides listening could maybe benefit from, you know, like for me, for example, um, I had a couple things, you know, go wrong that day. You know how everybody says you can't plan everything, no matter how hard you try. So like for me, it downpoured the entire day. Um, I tripped walking, getting announced into the reception hall, tripped and actually ripped my veil, came right off my head. Um, (laughs) Like I got sick a couple days before the wedding. Um, Just like a bunch of stuff that no one would have could have ever prepared me for, but like looking back at, you know, I really wouldn't have changed a thing because we were rolling with it and it was fine and everybody still had a good time. 
I think Casey might have one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, We almost didn't have a wedding. My husband, um, the night before our wedding, fell and cracked his head open (gasps) and was in the emergency room getting eight stitches on the in the back of his head um and so I laugh and just say like if we can make it through that he was so concussed like oh (laughs) I don't mean to laugh laugh Casey oh when I went to go hug no one told me the whole day I was like this is weird because you know Josh was supposed to be at the wedding venue um setting up and he had the schematic as my mom says so like the map of where everything was supposed to be and he was supposed to be there with all my aunts and they're like, where's Josh? No one, he's not picking up a phone. I'm like, you know, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on with him. Like I haven't talked to him. Um, so no one knew what was going on. He was like totally MIA. I was like trying not to get mad. It's like my wedding day. I'm like there with all my family having a good time. Um, but so when we, we did a first look and so I gave him a hug and had my hand behind his head and he was like, okay, I wasn't going to tell you this, but like your hand is right on my eight stitches. So just be careful. Um, oh, no. it, yeah. So it was, it was quite a story. Uh, his, yeah, it was a mess, but if we can make it through that, I feel like there's, you know, there's not a heck of a lot that, that can, um, that can top that in our, in our wedding and in our marriage. So we just, we look back on that and just laugh. Um, so, yeah. so you didn't yeah. know, you didn't know until your wedding, until the day you were getting married. Cause it was the night before. Oh, it was the night before it was right after the rehearsal dinner. So I had left. He was out with his buddies. No one told me. I mean, I didn't know until it was the first time we saw each other, me and my dress, the photographer, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, everybody was there and he was like, yeah, I just, I cracked my head open this morning. Um, oh so it was, it was an ordeal, but it was, you know, at that point you just have to laugh, you know, I mean, it is, it's like things are out of your control at a certain point. And like, you know, nowhere on my list of spreadsheets did it say like, you know, <laughs> the husband's going to crack his head up at two in the morning. Like, it, you know, it wasn't there. Um, and it ended up being a great day. And honestly, as much as, you know, not happy that he cracked his head open, it does make for a good story. And sometimes those little blips are the things that like, you remember, like, I don't, I don't remember exactly like the way our tables were set up or what our right. programs look like, but like that happened. It's a funny story. And, um, you know, it's a little symbolic of us. Like we're just a little bit goofy and and things don't always go to as planned. So that, that's my crazy wedding story. (laughs) I try not to to be a showstopper with that one, but it's a good story. Yeah. Mine, um, mine was kind of a crisis averted moment. Um, so I was, gosh, I'm the church where we got married had like a balcony, And that's where I was waiting before kind of coming down the stairs to then walk down the aisle. And it's an older church and I don't even know what happened, but somehow my dress, it had like a, the skirt had a chiffon overlay and it, again, the dress handmade by my mom (laughs) for over months and months and months, um, hours and hours and hours of, of again, loving labor. Um, it caught on like a nail, like there's just a random kind of small nail. I don't even know under like on the pew or something. It just somehow caught and it started to snag. And thankfully my sister, who was one of my bridesmaids saw it like catch and it just made a a small hole. But again, the chiffon, like it's such a delicate fabric. It, it did unravel a little bit, um, beyond the size of the, the nail head. Um, but had she not kind of seen it, like it would have for sure been this 
probably a huge gash. And oh yeah, <laughs> my mom. Um, I think my mom probably cried a little bit um, when she saw that happen. Um, but she, you know, didn't. It wasn't a big thing, thankfully. Um, but again, it's also like even if it had like totally torn up, you know, it's just it's just a thing. It's just a dress. Um, it's not going to save forever and ever. And like Casey said, you kind of just have to go with it and focus on the most important thing, which is the starting of the new relationship, the vows, the covenant that you're about to make, um, the lifelong commitment. And, and thankfully that wasn't too much of a distraction from, from those things. Yeah. And you know what, is, is that not life in general? Like you're going to get a snag in your dress or your husband's going to fall and <laughs> crack his head open. Um, you know, like these are the things that in a way, I mean, thankfully everybody's okay, but in a way, like when something like that happens, that's not too serious, but it's just something out of your plan. And like you said, Casey, off of your spreadsheet, it kind of does take the edge off, you know, and it kind of does like make you realize, you know what, things are going to go wrong and we'll roll with it and everything will be fine. And we just have to, we, we can't make everything perfect. And I think that's one of the that's one of the parts that leads that leaves the most magic in a wedding day anyway. At least that's what I think. Yeah. And how you react to it. You no, know, I think you could get really upset that your dress was torn or that you tripped or that, you know, your husband did it. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, this is the person who you're going to be going through a lot of hard times with um, for hopefully forever. And so it's like, how do you how do you take it and how do you um, kind of recover from those things? I think can, you know, really set the tone for, for the rest of, of the marriage. So totally. I agree. Well, thank you ladies for coming on the show. I love talking with you guys. I love the whole concept that you have. Um, this is Casey and Sarah Kay. They're from CLT Wedding Flea. You could find them on Instagram at CLT underscore wedding underscore flea. You can find them on Facebook at CLT Wedding Flea, all one word. Yep. Okay. And uh, just check out, follow them, even if you don't live in Charlotte, follow their Instagram. They've got some great inspiration. And um, I had a great time talking with you ladies. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having us. This was a lot Thank of fun. You. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. And hopefully I'll see you guys June 3rd at the event. Okay, great. Sounds great. All right. Take care.